in this episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, we kind of talk about follow the leader. Did you ever play that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you did? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just need a moment. Usually when I bring up old school games, you kind of go, oh, are you so old? Well, no, some games are timeless. Um, you know, even from the 1700s. Or when were you playing it again? <laughs> I spoke too soon. Hey, it's Rochelle and Carter. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And I don't know about you. I've been eating probably a lot more carbs than I should be. Yeah. Because those have more preservatives in them and they'll last in a pantry longer. That's a very good point. I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of cushion there. Well, I guess we are providing ourselves a little extra cushion because we're eating all these carbs. That's exactly right. We're all in the same boat, though, right now. We're kind of, you know, at home. And unless you want to go and do the, uh, what is it, the toilet paper exercise challenge. What is that? I saw this this incredibly fit woman who is completely awesome and inspiring everybody to keep up with exercise routines inside her home. She has stacks of toilet paper. So here, it's twofold for me. First of all, to apply for you, you are so, <laughs> you, <laughs> it's so silly. Two things. Number one, you have the wherewithal right now in the midst of everything to keep up with the routine. I should, I, I shouldn't be jealous, but I am. <laughs> and B, there's also the jealousy factor of, oh, you have toilet paper to do this with. So that, that you know, then there's Isn't that, that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening to this into the future, uh, first of all, this is where we talk about our quiet times and an audible form of a quiet time. Uh, but this is during the coronavirus thing. Yeah. And it's perfect because if you are listening to this in the future, this is what we want to do. Audio time capsule. Okay. Wherever you're at right now, whether this is months into the future, because this is uh, March 19th of 2020. So if you're listening to this months or years in the future and you see how we got out of this and how God provided for us and how God provided for you, would you please email us that blessing so that we can be reminded uh, morning show at KSBJ.org. You're listening to the past, but you're emailing us in the future. We should probably put a timestamp on this in case like it's in a Will Smith movie later, like 100 years from now. Uh We'll probably be with Jesus. At that point. We're, I guess that's a good point. We're if, probably not going to be living and breathing anymore. In the year 3000. <laughs> if you're, What is the year 3000 like? Okay, you know what? What are you going through devotionally? Because I'm pretty sure you haven't written that in a journal anyway. What will the year 3000? <laughs> I want to say about this issue right now, one thing that spoke to me is is really cool because we always think about it in a different light. But then, but then I want to get to the thing that I... I teased on last podcast, and we'll chat about that in a second. This is from Mark 8. I've been going through Mark, and it's where Jesus says, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life, and you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. And it hit me. (laughs) Our life's different right now. We are forced, obviously, but we've given up our regular way of life. Yeah. And so it was just encouragement to me. Okay, this is another sign that this is an opportunity to be the church in a different way. Maybe yeah. watching church yeah. online, or you know, talking, shouting, you know, six feet away, or or just calling people and checking in on them. We never use our phone as a phone, you know, and to put down our ways, what we want to do, totally, and to be able to engage people for Jesus. It's a it's a rough sales pitch too, if you think about it. Jesus was not a salesman. He was authentic. He was real. And he was like, this is what's going to happen. And so if someone has sold you a bill of goods uh, in terms of following Jesus and that everything is coming up roses, they have sold you 
the wrong bill. It, that is not what Jesus said is going to happen. However, what's really cool is that Jesus said, when you follow me, though, you will have access to the keys of the kingdom. You will have access to all the gifts that the Holy Spirit can provide so that in the midst of distress, you can have peace. I love what Pat Barrett said. He's an artist on KSBJ. He said that when it comes to the house built on the rock Mm -hmm. or the house built on the sand, uh, the houses look the same until the storm comes. Right. And I think even more powerful than that, because so what are you building your life on? Is it Jesus or is it like the stock market? That was kind of his point there. Mm -hmm. And and then he said, there's also no promise that the storm's not going to come. Yeah. The promise is that the house will stand. The house built on the rock will stand. Yeah. And he's he's the firm foundation. So if he's the foundation, that also indicates he's always with you. Yeah. But then there's the what if I move? Don't move. Don't move. (laughs) <laughs> not from that no mm-hmm. that's that's your dream house right there that's where you want to stay I, I'm, I like that does it have shiplap <laughs> it does if Chip and Joanna have anything to say about it <laughs> real quick about that Kelsey said my wife she goes how would it feel if you're Joanna Gaines to realize that what your taste and and I don't know about invention but you were the the forefront of this chic farmhouse look yeah that it influenced a generation of how our houses go more open feel with that shiplap and farm kind of farmhouse kind of look how, what would that be like you know here's what i would like to ask i'd like to ask the guy who's still in rural america who lives the farmhouse life <laughs> he comes into that store and goes i have all of this people buy this if you want it, you know, you can come over. To I was my- trying to get rid of shiplap. <laughs> I'm sure it's not nearly as deco. Uh, but anyway, I think that's it. There's nothing new under the sun is what has been said. Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. absolutely true. But uh, yeah, I, I know she's she's brought it back. This is fun. This is farmhouse is always else. I think been a thing in Texas, that country feel, but they have made it very chic. Yes. Oh, yes, they have. And very yeah. much the rest of the country is like, oh, I get it now. It's exactly. Like it, it took Chip and Joanna to go, no, no, you don't understand. We do it like this in Texas. And they're like, oh, now we get it. Okay. This won't be HGTV, I promise. But I do want to say what we also had fun with in 100 or 200 years. Speaking of future person, what are the, we always look back at those old houses and go, mm-hmm. why were their closets so small? Why do they have carpet in the bathroom? Right. Well, like you said, it's cyclical. So in 100 or 300 years... Why did they have these vaulted ceilings? Why was their their whole living room, dining room, kitchen a warehouse? Yeah. Why, you know, why? And so they're getting back to closed off. It'd just be interesting. I think, unless I think it, the whole reasoning behind the the small closets and the shorter ceilings and stuff is because the average size changed. So that just, what does that mean? We're that's just true. Gonna, we're going to go back to being shorter. That may, maybe that's the sign. For some of us, that's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, they'll all be my size that's now. Exactly if you're shorter. right. That's great. You said something last podcast episode, Rochelle, about um, the woman at the well mm-hmm. and about how, let's just say kind of a recap what you said about how she wasn't, Jesus didn't judge her. He, he, he said, you know, real, yeah. he said real stuff about her. But we, I think we're really misinformed in the church communities, especially about the verse about do not judge lest you be judged with the same judgment that you're putting out on other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean you shouldn't make judgment calls. We've talked about that in, pa- in podcasts past because we see Jesus making judgment calls. Saying what's right and what's wrong. This is right. This is wrong. Yeah. Follow me. 
And the difference is, is that Jesus had this manner about him when he met up with the woman at the well. She did not walk away from that encounter shamed. He did not shame her. Mm -hmm. And she actually walked away from that encounter, not only vibrant, but then going and talking to all the people that she had apparently been avoiding. Come meet the man who knew everything about me. Probably you've been talking about me behind your back, too. You know about me. He's known everything. She walked away empowered to live a better life. I think that's what caught my ear because I was going to say this last week and I thought, maybe I shouldn't. And then you said that and I'm like, this is why I want to talk about it longer this time. Um, Mark 7, Mark is a lot of words of Jesus, the red letters, if you will. Some of those versions have red letters. You know, it's Jesus saying that. If you're reading a Bible that doesn't have red letters. Whoa. Actually, (laughs) it's totally fine, but I really do like it. It's nice because it stands out. It stands out. It's easy to read. Yeah, it's easy to read. Um, Empowered is the word that I think really sparked it. I want to, with this real conversation, this real time with a real God that created me, empowered is the good word. And a lot of times I wonder if we have placed some of these chores, if you will, on Christian people. What do you you mean chores? Well, uh, you're getting to it. I'm I'm getting to it. Okay. That instead of feeling empowered, you feel like it's a have to. Mm-hmm. So quiet time, ironically enough, mm-hmm. anything but quiet time, because I read this. This don't, is what Jesus don't throw that under the bus. That's our livelihood. That's <laughs> <laughs> we make zero extra dollars from this. Um, so my, he says in Mark seven, he's talking to the Pharisees, usually not kind words. Well, I guess Jesus wasn't not kind. He was just real. He said, you are frauds and hypocrites. How accurately did Isaiah prophesy about you phonies when he said, these people will honor me with their words while their hearts run far away from me. Their worship is nothing more than a charade for they continue to insist that their man-made traditions are equal to the instructions of God. And I think about in, in such a good, there's, there's no, no ill intent with this, but I think about my days growing up in church and, you know, them, them instilling this checklist of a quiet time where you're supposed to do this for a few minutes and you're supposed to pray at the end and it's supposed to, and have we created this chore when I, I wish, cause I don't know how to get around it. It's important to spend time with God, mm-hmm. Yeah. but how do we convey it to maybe it's a younger generation thing or, or I don't know what it is, but it seems like a checklist that we're, we're saying this man-made tradition of my quiet time Instead of, no, let me truly experience God in his word, in a song, in prayer. How, how, because I, I don't think, I, I know I'm making sense that it's, um, it can be looked at one way or the other, but I don't know the remedy necessarily. I think person, people of authentic faith that's, that's have a quiet time every day is awesome. Yeah. But how do we get it to people that see that as a checklist and go, no, 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 we want you to be empowered through this. Uh, you know what? How do health experts get it through to the people who finally decide that they're going to live a balanced life in mm-hmm. terms of eating right and exercising? Right. I Because I don't want to do that, but I know it'll be good for me when I do it. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the, the real question, how do you do that? Well, if you have a personal trainer, <laughs> maybe it'll be easier. Or if you have a personal chef and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. it would be easier. But it, there are definite diet books out there that will give you menu ideas. And if you adhere to that, those menu ideas with a routine, then it's going to get you some results. Absolutely. But for it to be something that maybe you discover on your own through healthy eating and not necessarily, I have to make this menu look exactly like this one. That's true. It's actually going to probably, at least it has for my own life, I benefit from gleaning and not 100% adhering to that philosophy. Not copying somebody else's exact style. Exact style. So, okay, at the end of the day, am I eating a balanced plate? Is there veggies? Is there a good carb? Is there this? Is there that? You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I find a more balanced approach. There are people who have over the years given an idea as to what your devotional life can look like. Your devotional life, i.e. spending time with God. Yeah, starting with a Bible verse here and there. How about this incredible thought by um, Chuck Swindoll or, you know, that's just uh, Charles Spurgeon, Oswald Chambers. What about reading that? and then finishing it with a quiet time. These are good routine starters. Uh, but it doesn't have to look exactly like that because if it looks exactly like what's there, mm -hmm. then you might get so glued to it. Just like with the diet plan, yeah. you get bored. Yeah, You don't want to get bored. So how do you do that? Well, you you do have, if you <laughs> this is such a silly analogy, you do have a personal trainer. You do have a personal chef. He's living in the house with you. His name is Jesus, and he's going to be like, you don't necessarily have to adhere to these things. Let me show you some stuff. And I, I think that's how you switch it up. But if you are feeling like it has to look just like this, mm -hmm. then you're getting hung up on rules instead of the rule maker. Well, because I don't want to, because I think when I was, especially when I was younger, I was doing it to impress people mm -hmm. or just being able to tell my youth pastor, you know, because he, he really wanted the authentic thing. Sure. But here I am just trying to impress him. Uh -huh. Did my quiet time for 30 minutes. Yeah. And it, but I didn't really get anything out of it or didn't really, you know, feel closer to God. I just, I did it as a, a checklist, like a chore chart in a kitchen for a kid. Sure. And, and I just, I, maybe it's just more of an individual thing to make sure that we're not these Pharisees because they were just all about image mm -hmm. in, instead of, no, no, not these traditions that we've placed. And, and like you said, it's not even the person who comes up with a recommendation. It's not even necessarily their fault. No. We, some of us just feel like it, it does have to look like that. So then we put pressure on ourselves. Yeah, because there's pressure all around us in this world. And the enemy loves it when we just give, allow it to seep in mm -hmm. and somehow touch our spiritual lives to make it look like it has to look like this. Well, now it's no longer a relationship. It's a chore. It's a comparison thing. And I, I don't. I don't want my relationship with God to be a chore. For you, it was, you you shared, it's kind of like a, I want to impress people. So maybe it's a comparison thing because Johnny sitting over there always does it perfect. Uh -huh. For me, it was a guilt trip thing in terms of like, uh, you know, I, ha I have obsessive compulsive disorder mm -hmm. and I would obsess that I read every word. If there was one word that I didn't read and didn't understand fully, I had the dictionary right there on hand back in the days before Google. And your online Merriam-Webster. That, that was a ways. So I have my dictionary and I would look up the word. And although that sounds like wisdom, there were times because of the way that your brain is impacted with anxiety if you have a medical disorder like I, uh, a mental disorder like I do, it became an obsession and a compulsive thing that I had to act upon. Like I had to almost start looking up every single word. Do I know 
the definition of people, most people would assume, <laughs> I hope so. But then I would obsessively, but what if the Lord is trying to teach me through this definition of people that I don't, da, 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 da. Uh-huh. and then all of a sudden it becomes this upset type of thing that I have to do, this chore that I have to do. Instead of communicating and communing and receiving from a heavenly father, who can I ever picture my earthly father forcing me to do this kind of stuff? No. I had a I had a pastor blow me away with what he said. His name is Jamie. And he said, he came and spoke at our small group once, and it, it changed the way that I look at this. Now, I also want to clarify, oh, let me clarify after. This is just what he said. He said, something I've been thinking about lately. If Peter and and James and John and Paul and these guys were were around today, walking the earth, would they just be sitting around every day rereading what they already wrote? Or would they be writing new stuff? Mm-hmm. And it just, it, he wasn't saying not to read the Bible. He wasn't saying that everything, the Bible's not important. He was just saying, let's live our faith. Mm-hmm. And to, it, it really, that's what brought it up in my mind was that that checklist chore mentality. No, 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 no. When you read, experience God. And then he went on to say, some of my best experiences with God were walking on the beach and praying. Yeah, You know, and just... Let's get out of this box that's holding us because God's not in a box. Yes. And again, promoting that Bible is truth and to relearn yeah. lessons and read it differently than we've ever read it before. But just saying it's about living our faith. Yeah. It's about the relationship that God wants to have with man and has wanted from the beginning of time. He has wanted relationship with us. He was with Adam in the garden and they were like walking is what you, you get that vibe from the scripture that they're walking along the path together. Walking and talking in the coolness of the day. Wanting to have a conversation with my creation. Yeah. That's what he wants with you. That's what he wants with me. And I would, you know, I hear sometimes um, that some of the best times I've had with the Lord is walking on the beach. Absolutely. But again, I want you to hear what Carter shared. Really, I never want to get away from reading scripture And the reason being is because every single thing that is in the New Testament can and does relate to where you're at. It may not feel like that in the moment. Mm -hmm. If you go a little deeper, there are certain Bibles that give you context. Instead of fishermen, maybe the blue-collar work of the day is whatever the blue-collar work of the day is. You relate it. You allow the Holy Spirit to help translate that over. The importance is knowing who God is, it's not just in context with the relationship that you have with him. It's not just in the context of the relationship that maybe a family member, even your pastor has with him. Reading about the relationships that he has had throughout ancient times to present day is really important because we, it's only then that we can truly discover. It's not just your relationship with Kelsey that informs you right now after being married to her. You find out more stuff about your wife from her. You, in fact, didn't you just drive by her home when you when she was a little girl? That's right. That's right. You saw her childhood home. And you're like, Oh my word, this is where the love of my life, the mother of my little guy is going to be born here any minute. Well, not any minute. Uh, it'll be I got to go. I just got a call. <laughs> but you're discovering uh, continuously through the relationships that Kelsey has with her own family, where she was born and raised. You know what I'm, my point is, we can continuously learn about God and that's what keeps it fresh. But do not forget alongside reading the scripture having those moments like Carter is saying to free yourself and say, all right, Lord, I just read an incredible passage about what Paul says love is. Would you breathe through that scripture in life to me? Tell me what love is. Yeah, I want to have my own incredible encounter with you. 
Yeah, you know? I, I think uh, God's going to use that truth of the scripture and then and then give you a like expound a personal truth it. from it, expound on it. Yeah. And um, and so I think that's why it's important to continually understand who God is from reading. Yeah. Uh, but then also, what's He telling you personally? And and uh, <laughs> I don't want to give you a, uh, a a specific thing to give you pressure to copy. That's how exactly it looks every time. Yeah. Like we said. Yeah. You just get with God and let that be your time with God. He said, my yoke is easy and burden is light. Yeah. Why don't we make it that way? doesn't mean that, you, you know, what? What were you Well, say? that was my whole point. I that think that's the best point. way to say it is his burden is light. Why do we put this pressure on ourselves? If I don't read the Bible an hour and a half a day, I yeah. must not be a Christian anymore. He already knows that you're in a pressure cooker called life. Yeah. He knows what this, I mean, we're right now facing pandemic and it, experiencing something that my parents never experienced, that's for sure. Like, does this ever happen in your childhood? No. Oh, that's a good sign. <laughs> so it's just fascinating. He's like, you're already dealing with what this this world is going to throw at you. May I speak into it, child? Mm -hmm. After you've said, yes, I will follow you, Jesus. Are you following or are you trying to lead me? Hmm. I read this quote uh, from Bob Goff the other day and that's really good. So I'm going to read it to you, and I hope you like it too. Can I also share at the end of this podcast an insane Bob Goff story? <gasps> Bob Goff is an author and, and speaker. He's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so here's what he says. The way that we deal with uncertainty, which is what we're in, and perhaps you've been there. Maybe you've been dealing with something even years ago. You're still dealing with uncertainty. But the way we deal with uncertainty lets us know whether Jesus is ahead of us leading or you have, quote, forced him behind you just carrying your stuff. Hmm. So, I mean, clearly God's natural positioning in life is leader because he made it all. Mm -hmm. He created it all. He created you and me. He created this thing we call life in the first place. It got broken a long time ago because of sin. Jesus came to repair and we're still having difficulty allowing him that position of in our life as repairman. We're not following. A lot of the times we're pretending to lead him and then come to him when we feel like we need stuff done. I don't know why we do that. And will you pick up my pieces again? I can't believe I forced you in this position somewhere over there to the, the corner. Um, so can you relate that to something in your life? Have you ever done that where maybe here, here's an example. You feel like a professional, you have maybe worked at the same job for 40 years, you're even thinking about retiring, and you're the go-to in the company when people need advice. Well, what if I told you as a person that maybe works at Apple Company, and it's not been around that long, so, but you've worked at Apple Company all the years and it's been present, and somebody comes along, let's say the creator of Apple, oh, the guy who invented it all, and says, I'd like to share with you. And you're like, well, no, good, I'm thank. I'm, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steve Jobs has come back for this one moment in time to share with you. Uh, that's all right. I've been on the job long enough. I got it. That would seem foolish. And that is yet I do that to the Lord. He invented it all. And I feel like I've been doing this life thing for a while now. I, mm. I, I truly, I know how to handle my anxiety. I know how to, it doesn't mean that I haven't been allowed tools in my tool belt over the years that he has given to me. But what if one of those tools seems to get broken along the way where I don't, I forgot how to maneuver it. No, I'm still good because I still have it. I, I mean, I would be foolish. Yeah, that that is what we do. I, I When you said that about about God and we 
walk in front of him. It reminded me in the moment of this song, uh, rapper NF is somebody you hear on our sister station, uh, Engine Radio 91.7 in Houston. And he said, let me, let me read these lyrics in his song, Oh Lord, when you're healthy, it's like we don't really care for him then, but only when we're, but he becomes real to us only when we're dying in bed. Leave me alone, God. I'll call you when I need you again, which is funny. Everyone will sleep on the pews, then blame God for our problems like he's sleeping on you. We turn our backs on him. What do you expect him to do? It's hard to answer prayers when nobody's praying to you. I want to try an exercise here. Carter, you are going to be absent-minded Carter. From your faith, I'm going to pretend to be God. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, okay. All and right. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to have a conversation with you because I think a lot of this is just us being still enough to be. It's a good, idea. yeah. That's you know, to point. be present in the moment to hear advice from the Lord because you were actually sharing to that. Well, it's distractions that get, before we even follow His advice, it's hearing the advice first. That's it. That's it. Do, so do we slow down enough? If the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you something, so God is right here and He's sharing with you. But okay, you're busy okay. yourself. Okay, so hold on. Let me. Uh, let me just. Uh, what are you gonna do? I mean, I act like I'm gonna play this. Uh, I don't think the internet's working. Let me just go ahead and play this TV show. Uh, I'll just act like I'm watching a TV show. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Carter. Oh, hey, what's up? Uh, I just wanted no, hold to. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, man. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> hey, real quick, that thing that you said you promised me and that thing you wrote one time, could you make that happen? And oh, by the way, could you bless my family? Thanks. Thanks so much. Catch you later. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that's just that's so funny. It's a pie in the face. So, if you've ever acted like that with the Lord, is there a reason why? I think maybe the Holy Spirit got dubbed, and this is just me talking. I don't uh-huh. have any biblical reference for this. The Holy Spirit got dubbed in Scripture as the still small voice. Yeah. Maybe it, yeah. it happened because we forced him into that still that small place. Oh, that's interesting. Did we put him there? Because I would imagine the Holy Spirit, he is a, yes, he is gentle. He is all the things that um, I think, you know, El Shaddai talks about. That is one of the names for God in being a nurturer. So he is that incredibly gentle part of the Lord, almost feminine part of the Lord, I think. Um, Because to be quite frank, when you translate El Shaddai, I do believe it means breasted one. It means nurturer. Mm. And that's the role a lot of women, you know, that we take uh, in the family. Um, It's a role because, well, from the beginning, we're the ones who housed the kids. We're the ones who fed the children with our bodies. The Holy Spirit is that role for us. I want to live and move and have my being in him. And I want to feed off of what he shares with me. Why should that be a still small voice? But maybe we forced him into that position because we, like you just, you know, just incredibly, by the way, acted. Wasn't that amazing? Didn't I sound like such a jerk? I mean, like, I I do love you, but I hated you in that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I don't want to be the one guilty of doing it. I don't know. I have definitely done that to the Lord. He is trying to get through to me, but because I have allowed distractions in my life, and that's not to put guilt and pressure on people in an ugly way. Maybe it's a convicting thing right now. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I've definitely done that. God doesn't want you to linger in the whole acknowledging of that place that, yeah, I've done that. No, I'm going to go cry because I'm a horrible person. No, (laughs) that's not what Jesus wants you to do. Mm -hmm. Go, yeah, I've done that. Lord, I am sorry I've done that. Change your routine now. 
How can I make it? That's what repent practically yeah. means. Change uh, your way of thinking. I want to give him the podium now. You've got the, the loudspeaker now. I don't want this still small voice thing in my life. Lord, I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, like you said, the still small voice, that's you saying it and, and ha- you're just kind of thinking yeah. out loud. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm riffing with words here. But I think it do- the voice does get louder as you you identify it more and more. Yes. I think or at least clearer. The closer you get to him, isn't that true for anything? The closer you get to the loudspeaker, the better you hear things. Well, then eventually you go deaf with that one. But oh but sure, Lord. sure. <laughs> my mom who stayed with us last week. Guys, can you please turn that down? <laughs> she's really she walks very close to the Holy Spirit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I uh, this is this is great. I think it's also just during this time what we're going through with the coronavirus. I think it's um uh, incredible lesson of of slowing down. We we have the time now to slow down. Mm. Uh, I want to share about Bob. Speaking of pressure, Bob Goff. Okay, we interviewed this guy. He's incredible. Yeah, he's fun. Follow him on Twitter. He's great. He is. This it's like he doesn't lack any energy ever. I feel like, yeah. So this is the story he told, and I honestly think he's insane. <laughs> I, I there, why would you do this? All right. So this is this is what he does because he wants to honor commitments. So here you go. Mm-hmm. He had at um like a big church in Redding, California, a some sort of speaking engagement during breakfast, and then he was gonna get on a flight that afternoon to Los Angeles, because it's like a three or four hour flight even from, I mean, California's big. Mm-hmm. So then he had a graduation commencement the next morning in Los Angeles. So do this breakfast thing, then he's going to get on a flight, he's going to relax in the hotel room, spend the night, then do the speech the next day. So he's there at the church during breakfast time. They had this kitchen, he was just eating. And they go, Bob, you're here early. And he's like, well, talking 20 minutes here at nine o'clock or whatever. And they go, oh, Bob, it's at 9 p.m. <gasps> and... He's like, all right. Oh no. Well, I could, I could not do this one and leave, or I could do this one and cancel tomorrow. Oh no. Uh, well, let me check flight. How late flights go? No, nope, yeah. no late flights. He goes. So I wanted to be a man of my word, and I stayed till nine o'clock and spoke, and then I get an Uber from Redding, California, <laughs> and I get in the car. It's a ten-hour drive. Yeah. And the Uber driver goes, "Where?" And I said, "Los Angeles." And he's like, "Are you sure?" And so they get going about an hour. He's like, well, my plan is to sleep the whole way. So this is already insane. Uh Then an hour in, the Uber driver goes, dude, I'm falling asleep. I can't do this. So Bob goes, move over. I'll drive. He drives himself (laughs) all night. He gets there. He takes a shower. He slaps himself in the face. And he goes and does the ceremony, the Uh graduation ceremony. And then he's like, now I'm going to go crash in the hotel room. Then they go, hey, Bob, we want you to be our guest of honor at the softball game this afternoon. We have box seats for you. Would you come with us? And he goes, I never want to turn down a good opportunity. So he goes to the game. Okay, so if this was happening to me. Yeah. I would be checking in with the still small voice. <laughs> right? It's okay. I, I'm sitting here going, Bob, I don't want you to tell that story. It's okay to say no. Yeah. It's My a, goodness. But clearly he felt like it was okay. For him. For him. I know it's not okay for me. No. It can be okay for him. Now, let me, let me tell you, as Carter's encouraged you to follow his his Twitter account, the Bob is not going to be encouraging you to bend over backwards in ways that potentially could take your life if you're driving <laughs> off the road because you're asleep with an Uber driver. He was just saying that about him. But that, yeah, that that is, well, you know what? If we ever need an event, we need to make sure that there is someone we can lock in. Bob will be there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>